Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Peter. I titled the message tonight, The Trying Place. You know, there's a place that we as Christians sometimes get put in. A lot of times it's not by our own choice. And I like to call that the trying place. It's a, it's a place or maybe a time in your life where uh, we're tested by God. And, and we're, you know, it, it's a good way to, for us to find out what we're truly made of as a Christian. Uh, it's easy for us to put up a false front and sometimes even convince ourselves that we're on the right path with God. But when you get put into this trying place, you'll find out if that if what you think you are as a Christian really is true or not. So in First Peter chapter one, we're going to start in verse six. I want to share this scripture with you. This is a scripture that I found several years back, and it's been a great encouragement to me. <clears throat> Starting in verse 6, it says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So God uses these trying times to expose to us our weaknesses and faults. You know, this scripture, if you look at verse 7 there, it talks about this trial of your faith and how that that is more precious to you than gold. And I guess the best way for me to illustrate this to you is the example that came to my mind was you look at a, a carpenter, somebody that works with wood, or you can probably use many different examples, but this is the one I thought of. And, you know, if if you take a carpenter and, and they go and buy wood to uh, build something, let's just say they're going to build a table, and they go and buy all this wood and the materials they need, and it costs them however much money, you know, let's just say $100, And they put forth the time and effort to make this thing into a beautiful table. When it's said and done, that table, the finished product, the thing that uh, is the result of their labor, is worth more than what they had at the beginning. They're not going to turn around and sell that table for $100. Even though that's all they had in it, Money-wise. So what the, the, this Scripture is telling you the same thing. When your faith is tried, when it goes through that process that I like to call the trying place, when, it go, when you encounter that situation in your life, the end result is more valuable than the beginning. 
I've seen that many times in my life. I've seen times that, you know, you've heard people say a lot of times that you don't grow when you're on the mountaintop. You grow in the valley. That, that's where you really become who you are as a Christian. Those mountaintops are just kind of the, I don't know, I like to think of them as relaxation periods. <clears throat> but when you really get into the, the times when you're being tried and tested, that's where you find out what it really means to be a Christian. It's not about the the victories and and all those things that are easy going. It's about those hard times. You know, when I was thinking about this, the first thing that came to my mind was Job. You know, Job was tried and tested, and I'm sure y'all have all probably read that book before, or at least parts of it, and you can see how. How Job was tried in many ways and, and even his, his very family was taken away from him. Every, all of his possessions were taken away. <clears throat> Job chapter 13 and 15 says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And this I think is probably one of the more important parts, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Now what does that mean? We understand the first part. Sometimes it seems like God is is almost attacking you. Sometimes it seems like there's all kinds of things coming on you. And Job said, though He slay me. If, if, if that really is true that God is trying to kill me, I'm still going to trust Him because there ain't nothing better. You know, you, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. God is still the best thing around. But that last part says, let me read it again. It says, but I will maintain mine own ways before Him. How many of y'all as a little kid did everything right as long as your parents were around? Probably most of you. I know I did. When, When my parents were around, it was a whole lot easier to obey what they told me to do. But as soon as they got away and I was by myself and, and or maybe with some friends or whatever, it was real easy to go back to do what I wanted to do and not what they told me to do. Because I figured they didn't see what was happening. Now is my chance. But that's what Job is saying. He says, even though it seems like God is trying to slay me, even though it may feel like He has withdrawn His presence from me, I'm going to maintain my ways before Him. I'm going to still keep myself up to that standard, even though it seems like He doesn't care right now. You know, that's, that's an admirable trait. That's how... That's how we ought to be trying to live our life. And I know that seems, I don't know, you can say that real easily, but we really ought to be looking at these people in the Bible. There's a reason why the why these these stories are given to us. There's a reason why we ought to try to imitate them in our life. Now, heaven forbid we have to go through what Job went through. But you know, 
I heard a saying one time, I believe it was my ag teacher that said this, and I'm sure there was plenty of people said it before him, but he said, a smart man learns from, the mis- learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. And that's, that's what I want to do in my life, not only in my personal life, but as, as a Christian, is I want to learn from the Bible the mistakes that are laid down for us, the, the examples that are shown to us. I don't want to have to endure anything that I don't have to endure. If I can learn those kind of lessons without having to get into the trying place, man, that's wonderful. But you know, there's a lot of times I can't. There's a lot of times that God has just got to remind me of who I am and where I am. It's real easy, like I said, for me to convince myself that I'm a whole lot better than I am. And when you get in that trying place, you you begin to be tested and, and you really find out what you're made out of. Sometimes it's an eye-opening experience. Sometimes you find out some things you didn't want to find out. Sometimes you will find things that are in your life that you weren't even aware of. Things that are a problem. Things that divide you from God in different areas of your life. Something else I want to point out to you about what Job said when he said, I'll maintain mine own ways before Him. Is sometimes you have to do it on your own. Now, I know I've preached before that we need to depend on God and we sometimes try to step out on our own and do things our own way, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is there are times that God will kind of pull back from you. And He will just kind of watch to see what you're going to do. Those are the times that even though God's still there, He he still cares for you. You know, you can read that that old footsteps in the sand thing and you see where, you know, God was actually carrying you during those times and but what I'm trying to tell you about is just like I do with my kids, there are times when I could rush in and correct them immediately. But sometimes I'll just stand there and watch and see what they're going to do. I want to see is the the teaching that I'm giving them, the correction I've given them in the past, is it really sinking in? God does us the same way. He he will step back and watch and see, are they really going to hold true to what they say they are? Or are they just a hypocrite? You know, it's real easy for us to tell other people how we live our life. But when the rubber meets the road, is that really how you're living your life? Or is that just something you like to say because it sounds good? Is that just a form of godliness that you have? This world would try to teach us that if you do good, good things will come to you. 
But I think we can look at that story of Job and we can see different. <clears throat> you know, Job was a, a righteous man. Job got up every day and, and sacrificed to atone for not only his own sins, but the sins of his family, his, his children. Job was a, a, I guess you could say, a man after God's own heart, like he called David. Job was the kind of man that would be the, the premier example in the community for what a Christian is. Even though there weren't really Christians at that time. But, <clears throat> so even though Job had lived his life holy and righteous, and he had done all this good, he still received the opposite in return. So, you know, I'm not I don't want to scare anybody into into not wanting to become a Christian, but that's just not what the word of God teaches. The word of God never wants to give us this false impression that everything's just going to be wonderful. Everything's just going to be uh, pleasant and 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 just all the problems that you already had in your life are just going to melt away when you become a Christian. You know, I would love to be able to tell people that. But that's not true. The good news is that when you become a Christian, you now have access to something you didn't have access to before. Now, you may still have to endure problems. You may still have trouble. But you've got somebody to rely on. And there's always that blessed hope that when this is all over, I know where I'm going. But when we get into that trying place, when we get into that place where it seems like there ain't nothing else to do but to just sit down and cry. That is the place where you find out what it really means to be a Christian. Because... You know, it's easy to to be a Christian when everything is going great. But when when it seems like God has pulled away from you, kind of lifted that covering wing off of you, and, it, and everything is just falling down on you and around you, man, it's, it's hard to maintain your ways before God. It's hard to to still stand up to that standard and and hold back your tongue and and have mercy on people and and still live that Christian life when it seems like there ain't no reason why I should because what is it what has it gotten me so far have y'all ever said that what good did it do me do you think job thought that i'm sure he had the thoughts in his mind but he said, he chose a different route. He said, though he slay me. If, if, if it's really true that God is trying to kill me at this point, it don't matter. I'm still going to trust Him. Now let me tell you, that is hard to do. That, it's hard to, to even speak those words sometimes when it feels like everything is just going terrible. But when you come out on the other side... 
And you have been victorious through all that. And you still stood firm. And stood your ground as a Christian. And you said, you know, no, I don't care what happens. They may take away everything I have. I may lose everything. But I'm still going to trust in God. And you come out on the other side and you start to see some blessings. You start to see God moving in your life. There is no better feeling. It don't get much better than that. There's another scripture that I learned when I was a kid. I went to revival at the... uh, Baptist Church there in Kennard. They had kind of a, a youth night or whatever, and I went with one of my friends, and there was this young preacher there. He probably wasn't but in his 20s. But I heard this Scripture, and it has stuck with me ever since. And It's Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. You know, there's times that I feel like, like I said this morning, like like my prayers are not getting past the the my, getting past my lips. Like God doesn't hear what I'm saying. And those are the times I pray this scripture. When it feels like I'm being tried and tested, the first thing I want to do is make sure that there is not enmity between me and God. That there is not some, maybe a sin, or or there's something I've done wrong. I want to make sure all that's out of the way. If this is truly just a trial, that's fine. We'll, We'll work through it. But the first thing I want to do is make sure that there's not something in me. They shouldn't be there. And that's what this Scripture does. When I, when I, you know, look, y'all need to learn how to pray Scripture. If you don't do that already, you need to learn. Because what better way to go to God in prayer than to speak His own Word back to Him? The Word of God is truth. There, there's nothing wrong in it. Everything is, is, is correct and it's proper and it has a right place and right time to be used. And when you know how to use the Word of God when you're dealing with God, He he can't argue with you. I'm not trying to twist God's arm or conjole Him into doing something that He don't want to do, but you know what? If it's truth, it's truth. If God said He's going to do something and you tell Him, God, Your Word says You're going to do this, you've got ground to stand on. You know, this ain't like a legal court case or something where you're trying to find a loophole. But that Scripture says, Search me, O God, and know my heart, know my thoughts, see if there's any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. When you begin to pray that Scripture, God's going to show you if there's something wrong. God's going to reveal to you where you have went wrong in your life, if that's the case. I like to go to God pure of heart. I like to make sure that my intentions with God are, are pure. And it's not something that I'm just trying to you know, get for myself. I want to make sure that I go to God with the right attitude. 
When you get into a trying place in your life, you've got trials and temptations, you've got to have something to stand on. You know, it's been a while since I went back and read the book of Job. And you know, probably in Job's time, from what studying I've done, I, is, from what I've read, it's Job is probably one of the oldest written books in the Bible. was probably even written before Genesis. But, so Job probably didn't have a lot of Scripture to stand on. But he had a relationship with God. But you know, we've got the benefit of having all this stuff pulled together in one little handy book. You know, the guys back in the Old Testament and New Testament, they had these scrolls and they had access to the Word of God. But it wasn't in one little book. They had It was effort to, to read the Word of God. And not just everybody had a copy. But I know, I'm sure that Job had something. He, I don't know what he had in the way of Scripture, but he had something to stand on. Whether it was just his relationship with God, I don't know. But the point is, when Job found himself in a trying situation, there was something that he had his faith placed in. There was something he had to build his faith up. Even though everything... Oh man, I can't imagine having my family just taken away and and everything around me not even so bad, but all my worldly possessions destroyed and taken from me. I mean, just left with nothing. Absolutely nothing. I can't imagine going through that, especially in such a short period of time. But, but Job went through all those things and there was still something in him that caused his faith to just be unwavering. That's hard to understand. But you know, I found myself in a few situations in my life that, I don't know, they probably weren't all that bad, but they seemed bad at the time. And I chose at those times, at least in the past few years, I've chosen during those times to, even though things seem terrible up, up front, to still go ahead and praise God. And you know, when you do that, and you come through the other side and you see what it was God was doing in your life, most of the time God had a purpose for doing that. God doesn't just randomly decide He's just going to mess with somebody today. His wisdom exceeds our own. He understands things we can't even begin to comprehend or put in words. So when God begins to deal with you, go into it with that attitude. Go into it knowing, God, I can't see all the circumstances that are at play right now. I can't see a week down the road or a year down the road. But I know you can. And just as I pray many times, I say, God, I know you have power over everything. And, and Father, instead of me just getting upset and, and wondering why all these terrible things are happening to me all the time, I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to thank you because I know there is a blessing coming. 
I know You're at work in my life. Whether it may just be me correcting something in my life or God's preventing me from getting into something, I know there's a blessing coming. When you go into a trial and a testing period in your life with that kind of attitude, your faith is is built up. Let me tell you something. There, There is nothing better to build your faith than to praise God. When you begin to praise God, you know, there's many times I spend time praising God that my body does not want to praise God. You can't wait for a warm, fuzzy feeling to come on you to decide, man, this feels like a good time to praise God. There's plenty of times when I would much rather be doing something else, but I know if I'm going to stay in contact with God the way I ought to, that that is a surefire way to get God to show up. Like I said earlier, I ain't trying to twist God's arm, but I know what God likes. God likes praise. Just like my wife knows what I like. She knows what to fix for supper. She knows all those kind of things. She's been around me long enough to know what I like. God likes praise. And you know, during those times, God may not show up right away. He may just stand back for a while and kind of listen and watch and see what you're going to do. Because it's real easy to praise God for 10 seconds. But when it takes you 15 and 20 minutes and you just power on through it and say, God, I don't care. I'm going to stay here till you show up. I'm waiting for you. That's the reason why I'm here is because I want to be in your presence. I desire to feel the move of your Spirit right now. And you know what? If you you just push on through, He'll come. There, That's the way you get through these trials and temptations. Is you, Even though it seems like God has abandoned you sometimes, just go ahead and depend on Him anyway. Oh man, what does the Word tell us? The Word says that when you draw nigh unto God... He will draw nigh unto you. He ain't going to leave you hanging. He ain't just going to leave you out there. Scripture we led last week says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. You've got to find this Scripture and and get it deep in your heart because there's going to come a time in your life when you need something that's greater than your own personal knowledge. There may come a time in your life when you don't have a Bible handy. And you've got to have something to stand on in your heart. 